The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast from the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, in studio again with Adam Logan. And this week, we're going to have a special guest, Adam Stricker, out of Batavia, Ohio. He's been a longtime listener and fan of the show, and he's actually going to make a super late model, well, his Lucas Oil super late model debut this weekend. So we're going to talk to him shortly, but uh, it's been a long time coming to get him on the podcast. Looking forward to hearing what he's got to say. But, uh, Adam, we uh, had another wild weekend of racing here in the books i guess we'll just start right there yeah it's wild across the board none of the none of the races we were at were too wild but some of them down south got a little got a little hairy yeah it looks like uh man i i hate this this is a bad it's sort of a bad look on the on the sport i know last week's episode we were kind of like man that would have been wild if you know brandon and chris kind of got into it and I, i'll say this too before we get off of that you know i i called out brandon overton last week on the podcast and told him told him to give me a call well turns out brandon listened to the show i don't know if he just listened to it or somebody <laughs> told him to listen and, he called you well sure enough he called me and he 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 gave me the scoop on on that deal a little bit and obviously i'm not going to tell everything i know from what he said but basically it does segue into what we're getting ready to talk about because brandon said he wasn't mad and he didn't see no reason to throw throw punches because he didn't want to wind up in jail. Yeah. So fast forward <laughs> a fast week. Fast forward a week. And you get a pretty good example of what yeah. throwing punches and winding up in jail looks like. So yeah. so hats off to Brandon for, you know, cooler heads prevailed there at Gaffney. And, uh, you know, I, I totally understand his side of the story a lot better now for him from him calling me for sure. So Yeah, I mean, you, you, the, like we talked about, the heat of the moment, you want to see something, you know, you want to – let your emotions out and you know it's easy for some people to say oh he should have just knocked his ass out well we see what knocking your ass out gets you so like you said it's kind of a a, a little black eye on the on the sport to see stuff like that literally happens. yeah i mean you know whatever happened down there you know that's it's one of them things you know everybody puts some you know 110 in 110 percent into into racing and then things happen on the racetrack but like i said i think we all need to take a page out of overton's book and you know sometimes let cooler heads prevail and like i said li- you know live to fight and you know quote unquote fight another day race another day and so like i said hey you know what happened down there you know we're just gonna <laughs> i think we all kind of know what, what what's happened down there but yeah i don't know. know a whole lot about the details on who got arrested and whatnot, but I've seen a mugshot of Gary Winger <laughs> on the internet floating around and he's, yep. and he, that's Ashton Winger's father, GR and Ashton got into it on the racetrack. It looked like to me, it was a hundred percent all GR Smith's fault. And then he got mad at Ashton and, um, that's yeah. typical GR, you know, and it just cooler heads did not prevail there at Southern Raceway in Milton, Florida this weekend. And, uh, their anger got the best of them and yeah. some people went to jail and it was a it was, looked like it was a bad deal for sure but i you know 
It's, it's one of those things. I mean, you, what's crazy about that is Ashton drove GR's car yeah. last year. He so maybe there's something. So there's something behind yeah, the scenes that be we may not know. Yeah, there's something. There's got to be something happened, and it's one of those things you look at it, and you know, as many years as I've worked on these cars and everything, for someone to just go out there and just destroy your race car over, you know, both cars were fine after the, you know, if he said he got slid wrong, and but to end up, you know junk in a race car and then you know it escalating to to what you know people getting arrested and stuff like that like, like i said cooler heads need to prevail and and like i said just go on to race another day but you know it'll it'll blow over hopefully and we'll be back at the racetrack and racing hard yeah i hope so i just think that uh you know like i said i think some i think there was some bad blood there that we may have not known about whenever they Whenever they split up and parted ways last year, you know, we don't get a lot of, you know, you never know what's said behind the doors of the shop whenever they shut the door. And, you know, it's just something, something something happened happened there and it all came to a head there in in the public eye there at at this weekend's Southern All-Stars race. But a lot of action for sure. Yep. Everybody's talking about it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all of us at work, we were. I woke up. And I I didn't know any of that happened. I was I was at the uh, opening for the car store, and so I didn't really keep up with what was going on down there. And I wake up the next morning, and I, everybody we got a little group text at work, and I'm <laughs> getting mug shots and hammer this, hammer that. And I'm like, oh, what I miss? <laughs> so yeah, that's probably about all we'll say about all that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I made my first trip to Winder Barrow Speedway this weekend in Winder, Georgia. It was a place where I've... I'm glad you did. I saw I've heard yeah. for the past two months. I'm going to Winder Barrow. I'm going to Winder Barrow. I don't know if I, I hyped it up that much. Ah, uh, well. I, I don't think I ever mentioned I was going on this podcast. I just... Well, to me, personally. Yeah, I told you. I think... So, I went down there to my buddy uh, Bobby Russell's big-time open-house car show at his shop down there, selling fried rides. He buys sells and trades old hot rods and stuff so shout out to him they had a big burnout show and live music and barbecue and everything it was a big day well whenever that dwindled down and the crowd started leaving and the hot rods started leaving um like man let's go to winder barrow me and my buddy justin went down there and he and we we had a great time i mean winder barrow speedway was only 20 minutes from where we were at in jefferson so to me it was sort of like a no-brainer to go somewhere to see a race and i challenge every race fan that, that listens to this i know we spend a lot of time paying attention to the big races mm-hmm. and going to the big races all the time but man go find you a little local racetrack backwoods somewhere and and just go there and buy a ticket and go sit in the grandstands and watch a race sometime at a place like that and it it'll really take you back to another place in time and that's i really appreciated the show that we got to see down there this weekend and and that place was like stepping into a modern day time capsule or something really and and honestly it's a pretty nice facility they've got a they've got a brand new fence down the front stretch and um the track surface was excellent and they didn't have it wasn't very many late models there the ones that were there were probably locals they run there every week limited late models probably didn't even really pay a whole lot to win but rod roberts picked up to win and what looked like a pretty new longhorn chassis with bill stein shocks and the yeah. colin signs graphics and it was a beautiful looking race car and he he picked up the wind down there and so ah, i it's, enjoyed going it's always good just to like you said we we kind of focus on the the bigger series but it's always nice to if you just got like if 
if nothing's really going on or if there is just find you a local track and just go support them and and just just enjoy the night it's sometimes the the local shows are, are you know they're overlooked and they can put on a great show and there's there's good racers out there all over this country so if you ever get a chance just just find that local dirt track or asphalt track and just just go support them you know because you never know those you know that guy that won what was his name that won Rod roberts you know you never know he might be the you know next big thing and some of these guys you know working their way up this is this is where they get their big break and it's where they learn to race so yeah always try to find that that local track around you and go go support them yeah if i'd never went to tri-county racetrack in brasstown north carolina whenever i was growing up i i got to see jonathan davenport's very first late model start well at that time jonathan davenport was not yeah. jonathan davenport that you know today and i uh, got to see his first start and Man, I didn't mean to bring it up like that, but since we did bring it up, he's going to actually make yeah. his first NASCAR Cup start here at Bristol in a few weeks in the Nutrient Ag College Racing number 13 Chevrolet. So that's going to be a cool opportunity for the whole community of dirt late model racing. Yeah, we were. I was talking with uh, with my boss today about that. Like, I really hope he with with what we, you know. You got Kyle Larson, you know, goes and races sprint cars and, and late models and. You got people like Christopher Bell and, and Briscoe and all these guys that came from dirt and they're in, you know, the Cup Series now. I really hope, you know, I get it. You know, he's never drove a Cup car. So I'm, just, I'm hoping for a top 20 out of him. But I'm, I'm just, thinking top 10. I just, I just hope he, you know, I, I really hope it puts a, you know, sheds light on, you know, hey, this is the best dirt lay model driver in the country. He's in a cup car. It's on dirt, you know, and hopefully, you know, transit, you know, he won at Bristol. So I just, I just hope it puts the, you know, sheds light on our sport and shows, you know, the whole racing community that, hey, this dirt deal is it's something to, to watch and, and go support it and go, watch, like we said, go to that local track, go find these guys, go find a, you know, a series or a, a track that does that and, and watch these guys. Yeah, go find you somebody to pull for and get in on the ground floor. You know, if you're a race fan yeah. listening to this, uh, go go find that guy that, to pull for and go down there and, in the pits and thank him for what he's doing. He's putting, he's spending his, his hard-earned money, money yep. that he worked hard to earn all week at the local Napa store or whatever to to put the, to put a race car on the racetrack to put on a show for the fans. So, I mean, you got to go thank these guys, and that's. That put it in perspective a little bit for me to kind of step down and go to that race yep. this weekend. It's been a long time since I've really just went to an off the wall local need, race like that. I need to do that. I, it's been a, it's been a while for me. Um, I've gone to a few local shows and stuff like that, but I need to go find me just an obscure racetrack and. Yeah, go. we'll go. We'll go to that, like Harris Speedway or we'll something to to, one yeah, night. We'll have to go to Harris or what? local one around here i've never been to is east lincoln i need to go east there lincoln's need, pretty cool i need to go there one friday night yeah east lincoln uh, that winder barrow and east lincoln draws a lot of similarities they were they were they seemed pretty similar in size and shape and in the way they raced and everything so i don't know cool show and it was good to see Derek Knup down there big wood big shout out to him got to speak to him a little bit up there in the tower and uh told all those fans that were there at the track to check us check us out on this podcast if there's any new listeners from down there welcome to the to the madness here yeah welcome to the four bite podcast yeah so 
so anyway, that was a good uh, that was a good little trip this weekend. I enjoyed that, and yeah, just need to do some more. Just need to get back to dirt, so to speak, and go watch some more of that stuff. But yeah, that as far as Davenport goes, running at Bristol, I'm looking forward to going. I'm, I'm going to go to that race once they announce that. I I think I knew about it. I, I sort of knew the rumors about it and found out yeah. they were true just from being in this industry and whatnot. But That's, it never really dawned on me until they really announced it the other day. And once they did that, I'm I'm making my plans to be there now. So, because uh, that's that's pretty cool. I want to see, I want to see him run that race. I want to go there and I want to stand on the infield or whatever, and I want to watch watch his car go around and see every lap he runs. So it'd be cool. It'd be good. So you know, TV don't always show what you want to see. You have to sometimes go to the racetrack. So. Yeah, and I was I was I went last year and sat in the and was in the infield during that race, and it's. It's pretty neat, you know. It's it's pretty neat. Then you know, anytime I've ever been to Bristol, it was always asphalt, and you show up in there, and there's a bunch of dirt in there. It's it's a different perspective, and it's a it's they they put on a, a good show. Let's get us a hot pass and go up there. Let's go. Let's All do right. it. Sounds good. Forward bike podcast live from the infield of Bristol or something. Let's do like it. That. Yeah, we'll have to get us a we'll have to get that GoPro and walk around, <laughs> stick it in somebody's face yeah. and make a make a fool out of it now we don't we don't talk too much about nascar on here but we are on nascar.com so that's that's relevant maybe before before that we'll try to get jonathan on here to talk about that before it comes up and um you know next weekend i believe not this weekend but next volunteer speedway the big hundred thousand win race that's going to be huge and i'm sure you're going i'll be there it's going to it's going to be hard to find a place to park up in there. Yeah, that's going to be, be cool. That's going to be cool. That's, that place always puts on good racing, nice smooth surface, and that's big for that racetrack. That's going to be a big weekend for sure. Yeah, they've not had a 100-lap race there in a long time. That From from what I understand, they've all been 50 laps or 40 laps or, or whatever. So 100 laps on that place is going to – it's going to be a different track from start to finish. Every lap will be different. So I'm looking forward to seeing who can – who can so-called be the Iron Man and win that race up yeah, there? It's gonna be cool. That's gotta be, and I think is that not the highest-paying race in Tennessee? Oh yeah, by far the highest-paying dirt race in the state of Tennessee. So, so it's maybe the Bristol dirt race that Cup cars run probably pays more, but no, we're talking about dirt late. I'm models. talking about dirt late we're models. Talking about dirt late models, boy. So. so I'm looking forward to that. That's next weekend. We'll be probably talking, giving a little preview about that next week. Maybe find a local hot shoe from the Tennessee mm-hmm. region and come on the podcast next week. We'll try to work on that. And uh, anyway, what else you got? We'll uh, get on to the interview here with Adam. Stripper. Yeah, I mean, I just, I went to, I was at the opening for the Cars Tour, went went over to Southern National, and it was um, with what they had going on with, you know, Earnhardt Jr. and and Burton and um, Kevin Harvick and and Justin Marks buying the series. You could tell it was a it was a buzz around there. It was high car counts in both classes, some good racing, um, some surprise, you know, some surprises in the Pro Series. Um, I gotta give a shout out to Luke Nation, Luke Morey. Um, uh, his dad's my boss at Bill Stein, and um, his uh, first uh, podium finished third. He ran really good. I was he, watching that he, race. He or I watched replay um, of it. Finished came third. To the front. Yeah, finished third. Had a had a hell of a race. So uh, shout out to Luke Nation out there. It was a great weekend for for that team. And then late model stocks put on a good show like always. And old 
Wiley veteran Deacon Caskill come out with the win there. So good start to the season and see where see where things go that way. Yeah, and Corey Hedgecock won over oh, yeah. at four eleven in the fifteen thousand to win race and I really didn't watch that enough to have an opinion on it, but I saw a lot of chatter on Facebook about Ricky Weiss this yeah. and Ricky Weiss that and Mike Marler. He cleared himself low, I tell him. <laughs> he had that eye racing spotter going. <laughs> Clear low and he turned and he yeah. messed up a few guys and Garrett Alverson down in uh, Louisiana picked up a big eight thousand dollar win on um Saturday night down there. At, I think it was Boot Hill for the Boot Ronnie, Hill, yeah. Ronnie Adams Memorial. So And Brian Shirley won the Tulip Bowl yep. up at uh Clarksville, Tennessee. That race was actually broadcast on Pit Row TV, an affiliate of Speed Sport TV. Yep. So if you saw that, if you got to watch that race this weekend, shout out to those guys. They really did a good production down there. So, yeah. so it's uh, it's kicking off. I mean, race season's here, and we got races all over. So it's um, it's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> a lot, a lot coming a up. A lot to see. Up. A lot to a talk about. So yeah, we'll have. I think we'll keep doing this. Yeah. It's, we'll, We'll have a lot to talk about for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be back next week to talk about it a little bit more. But, yeah, coming up next here on the Andy's Towing Hotline, it'll be Adam Stricker to talk a little bit about his Masters Built house car ride and everything else. Looking forward to that. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast. This is Kyle Armstrong in the studio with Adam Logan. And next up on the Andy's Towing Hotline, we're going to go to Batavia, Ohio, and talk to Adam Stricker. Uh, this is episode number 68 of the podcast, and I figured that uh, it would just be a perfect time in a, to have Adam on the show. Adam's actually been a longtime listener of this podcast, and I think he's got perfect attendance and listen to every one of them. So been begging me for a long time to get on here. And uh, I guess I was just waiting until it got to episode 68, your car number, to, to make it all pan out. So uh, welcome to the podcast, finally, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So uh, there's a lot, a uh, lot going on with you this year. You know, you've uh, looks like you're going to drive that Masters built house car this year for Keith and Tater Masters, and uh, you've already had one start in it. You told me earlier that you started uh, 25th and drove your way up to third behind a couple of big name drivers, and uh, so you're off to a good start in that thing. And uh, we wanted to get you on here to to preview your year and and talk a little bit about everything you've got going on. Yeah, uh, we got definitely got you know a busy year coming up. Uh, obviously, still running, still running my mod stuff, and um, just kind of going to run this deal, you know, here and there, and uh, just kind of what makes sense. Obviously, you know, with Tater and and uh, Wells and Gummy, you know, they're all uh, busy building cars, and so they, you know, the, the help of the racetrack just uh, isn't there to be able to race all the time. And like I said, you know, uh, still running my our family-owned modified program. It, something that uh, me and my grandfather get to do and and you know have a lot of fun doing so um just one of them type of deals where you know we're running this deal hitting this and just whenever we get a chance yeah i was um i ran into tater probably a couple months ago we we're at a trade show and he was he was telling me about uh you driving the the late model this year and what he told me you know what he explained to me that the area that you're in up there i mean y'all don't have to go you know, more than a couple hours, you know, every week or when you want to and race for good money. So you're in like, I say you're in the, the right area of the race. Yeah. There's a lot of good paying shows around here. You know, Florence, uh, uh, Florence puts on some good shows as far as money wise. And, uh, you know, atomic is, is, is not very far for me. And, you know, um, 
they they put on some good money shows just you can go uh i mean you can go three four five hours from the house and, and race for some decent money uh you know really in both divisions as far as my mob program and and the super deal so I'm uh, really looking forward to just just hitting up a different a lot of different places. Uh, obviously, this you know late model deal is a, is a whole different spectrum as far as what I'm used to. Yeah, but it sounds like you uh, you got off to a good start there at Florence Dealer Week, and you've obviously had a lot of success at Florence the last few years that I've been there. I, I think you've won the modified portion of the North South 100 when I've been there, so you definitely know how to get around that place, and it's uh, it's kind of kind of one of your home tracks. So uh, talk a little bit about your uh, your uh, outing there a couple of weeks ago yeah so you know obviously i got i got a lot of laps around florence and are modified and um basically how this deal started was gerilyn um you know i've been friends with her on facebook for a while and they had made a post about how they was looking for a driver and it was kind of more or less like a joking deal and uh, i just kind of stuck myself out there and um met with tater to shop and so uh you know he never really gave me the the answer that I was going to be the one to drive. And he just kind of threw it out there one day. He's like, Hey, you know, Florence has got that fall 50, you know, a uh, guy needs to go test, blah, blah, blah. Well, we never got to test before it went to Florence. So, you know, we show up to Florence for the, for the fall 50 It's paying 10 grand. And I had never, never made a lap in this thing, you know? Um, and I, and the last time I had ran a super was probably, Oh God, it was probably a year and a half, two years prior to this. And, it was just a, you know, kind of a hop and go deal. And so we started off the nine hot laps, not very good. And, uh, you know, uh, heat race, you feel a drop your heat race and we're on like dead last in the heat race, just fighting gremlins with the car and me getting used to it. And, uh, you know, so feature rolls around, we go to work a little bit and start 19th and start trucking up through there, uh, you know, 50 laps. So you kind of got to bide your time and, you know, save tires and, um you know about 10 to go we're running we're running uh you know fifth and got a late restart and picked off two more and was riding a third and uh i think we could start up front probably probably could have had a shot at second you know bobby was really good and uh just uh just very happy with the podium finish the first night out yeah i mean i've for probably the past 10 years i've probably been around the florence area and i mean that racetrack i mean you you've got it i mean you know it like the back of your hand and your mod so i mean that's a good place to to start your late model career and you know at track you know so um what what was the biggest takeaway from the first time you know you know you said you'd race a super before but uh what was the takeaway of that week of hey either you know i've got this or we got a little work to do. Yeah, I don't think really anybody expected had really high expectations. I think it was more um, one of them deals where uh, you know they just kind of gave me the shot, and uh, you know the night started off rough. And again, I don't think anybody had high expectations. And after that, it was just like you kind of see the look on everybody's face. Everybody was so surprised, and um, you know I knew the race car was capable of being um, you know a. A, a top three car it's just you know when when you pretty much hit the ground running on on uh you know something you're not used to i my expectations going in was really if i could just go away with a top five and uh nothing tore up but you know like i said nobody i don't think anybody expected that and after that run it was just like you know my phone started blowing up and um 
you know, the following week. I don't, I think Tater and him was still kind of just taking it all in. And, um, you know, we, we decided, you know, what we was going to do from here on out. And, you know, Atomic had that um, last race there at the end of the year. So um, he gave me one more shot. And, you know, here we are in 23 and still trucking. So what, how many, like, what's your schedule look like for the late model this year? Um, you know, like I said before, just, just kind of hit or miss, you know, obviously with them still building cars and, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of guys in the shop, so it's not like, you know, they can just drop what they're doing, um, you know, Friday, Saturday and just go race wherever. Cause you know, they work, they work, they do work Friday and Saturday both, but, uh, the next race we're going to go to is, is this weekend, um, you know, is atomic and chili coffee and, um, Brownstown, uh, for both Lucas oil races. And then, um, after that, I, I think, uh, will probably be the flow night in America, Eldora and Brownstown. Um, and then after that, I just kind of hit or miss up until, uh, we run the dream. So Adam, you've got a, uh, you've got a little bit of a weight to carry on your shoulders a little bit. I mean, it's been a long time and, and, and I don't mean any discredit to, by saying this, but it's been a long time since Masters built has really been on top of the, on top of the sport, and uh, and you've got an opportunity here to kind of bring them back. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Longhorn this year, and he's and you know dominating and winning a lot of these races. But you're going to one of your favorite tracks this weekend at Brownstown, and you've really got an opportunity there to really shine and hopefully put Masters built back in back on notice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we actually, um, you know, we went there Saturday to test all day and, um, you know, I, I've had some success there in the modified and, um, you know, that, like I said before, that late model deal is a totally different deal and, and Brownstown is an animal in itself. You know, you don't have walls around the place, so you could drive really straight, uh, you know, right off the right front and, um, you know, right against that top there, you know, where there's no wall, you're just trying to kind of on a thin line there, but, uh, you know, we, after we tested the other day, I got a lot more confident. Um, I think we got a lot faster, learned a lot. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, um, it, this deal is really good for me because, you know, I don't have a background in super late model racing and, um, you know, Tater and them, they have such, you know, years ago, they had such great history, uh, with Lucas oil and just, you know, a lot of crown jewels. So, um, you know, and again, my grandfather, um, Joe, that, that, that uh, owns my modified program him and tater have such a such a historic background you know this this all leading up to this ride is just really neat to me yeah you're talking about being a your your grandfather there and you're you're kind of a third generation driver so tell me a little bit about their history and you growing up around racing you've kind of just fell into this and your you know your whole life's been racing i assume yeah absolutely so um you know started off in go-karts at a young age and um, my father, Jimmy Stricker and my mother, Doris, they, um, you know, they, they put a lot of their time and money in the, my go-kart racing. And, um, you know, dad was starting to get back in the big cars and, um, you know, my mother had some, some health issues and we kind of had to put the go-kart stuff on the back burner. And, um, I started going to the, you know, track with my dad and him running the mod and, um, you know, they had some good success. And then, uh, he had to have some knee surgery. So then in 2014, um, I jumped in full, you know, full time in the, in the mod, uh, you know, still in high school. And so I like playing high school sports and, 
but I wanted to race at the same time. So we kind of picked the racing side and, um, you know, obviously from 14 to, you know, up until now, um, you know, we had, uh, we had modified stuff and now, you know, obviously drive for Tater, but, uh, you know, my grandpa's history in dirt racing is, I think sometimes, um, you know, a little bit underrated, you know, they, they won the first Ward 100, you know what I mean? So, uh, it's just like, there's a lot of history there that I don't, I don't think some people do know. And I know, you know, obviously the younger people like my generation, they won't know that until, you know, they look at the archives or whatever. Yeah, no doubt about that for sure. That what tell what so that first world one hundred remind me who's driving that car again because I'm trying to remember I was trying to look it up but might you finish yeah. your thought before I could yeah so uh, Bruce School was driving for them um, you know at the first world and um, Grandpa tells to this day you know you talk to him about that world and um, you know he he tell you, he'll tell you like oh, I could I could have won that world but you know motor started overheating so I just backed it off I think he ran like fourth or fifth but. Um, nonetheless, you know, it's still a cool deal. It's just, it's one of the type of things where I see, you know, you go to the world 100 every year and you look at the world 100 trophy and, you know, the very first name on that list is just knowing that a car come, you know, out of our house garage and, and won that first 100 to be forever etched in history. And you look at all the t-shirts and again, you know, that the very first car on that t-shirt is, you know, our family owned ride. So it's just really cool to me, you know, and obviously I was too young to see all the history back, you know, to be there for the history back then. So, um, you know, seeing it now is just, is really surreal. Yeah. <clears throat> of course I was too young for it too, but I, I'm one that really appreciates the history and, and I know you do too, but that, that is, that's pretty cool. And I appreciate you telling that on here because, because I really didn't realize that, that you were involved that, or your family was involved that way to, to win the first world 100. And I mean, that is the, undisputed biggest race in our sport uh and it you know it started with uh with y'all's car winning it so that's a that's a cool story for sure yeah it's just like i said it's just one of them deals you know everybody wants to win in eldora you know so uh you know they won the very first world and obviously you know like i stated before we're going to go around the dream and and as long as everything goes good i'm i'm sure we'll be there for the world so uh you know obviously this will be the first time, you know, I don't, my, my father never raced the world or anything like that. So, uh, if, if I could get something like that done, it would just be, uh, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> have you, have you, uh, won a race there and you're modified? I have not. I've only ran there. Um, I think three times, three or four times. And, uh, the last time we was there, I think we run third or fourth. just, um, you know, one kind of deals where I don't run there enough. And we went there, I think, I'm thinking it was for the apple seed, uh, or it might, no, it might've been the Baltus and it was when they had that dirt on there, um, that obviously was, you know, very rough on cars and equipment. And, um, it was just not my forte. So I just kind of huggy pulled that inside wall there and, and rode for a, for a podium finish. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, you're not, I mean, every time I watch you at Florence, like you're not pulling the Josh Rice line. You're, absolutely not yeah, you you are keeping that modified straight and smooth and and yeah. basically around the bottom to middle and i mean it works i mean you've you've got multiple wins there so yeah a, a cowboy up racetrack's not your forte for sure <laughs> no you know i used to be the, the kind of kid that would just blow the deck out and just thought it was so neat to just blow the deck completely out of it and, <laughs> yeah and you and learned how much that. work that was <laughs> it is yeah uh 
but I, you know, sometimes you got to be up there to, to win races. I mean, look at Josh, he's won, you know, a bunch of money up there and, you know, uh, I have no problem with people beating the cushion down, but man, if I can, there's just some sort of satisfaction there. If you can roll that middle to bottom and just win races and, and be so much easier on your equipment. Yeah. I mean, that, that place has had to teach you. I mean, Florence is one of the toughest places to race. And when, it, when it's slick like that, you know, keeping, keeping your car up under you is, it's a, it's a tall task to do. And you, you figured it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We go there uh, back to the fall 50 and, um, I think I ran the top, like, and I don't, when I say the top, I don't mean like deep defense. I'm talking like a lane from the top and just kind of momentum through there. And, you know, you don't realize how wide the supers are compared to the modified stuff. And I was like, man, I got to get down from here. Cause I know I'm going to stick this thing in the fence. And, uh, so, you know, I just went back to riding that middle to bottom and, and, uh, cause I thought, you know, I don't, I don't have this deal this ride completely sealed. You know, we got a podium finish here and if I stick to same defense, there is going to be no hope for another ride. Yeah. <laughs> First night out, let's blow the deck out of it. Probably not going to get a phone call yeah. on the, Hey, where are we going next week? No, absolutely not. Well, let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and talk about, uh, ripping the deck out here on the forward bike podcast. When we come right back. All right, we're back here on the Forward Bike Podcast. Before the break there, we were talking to Adam Stricker and Adam Logan, and I'm Kyle Armstrong. We were talking about ripping the deck out at places like Florence and how much work that is to put it back together and get back out there for the for the next race. So you don't do that as much anymore. So, But I, I did want to give a little shout-out here. I was talking to uh, one of your buddies down there, and I was at East Bay, and uh, and we see him at Eldora and Florence and everywhere, but old Crabtree, he's one of your biggest fans and he's always up yeah. there in the stands pulling for you. And he was, he was, he was really speaking highly of you whenever I ran into him at East Bay. And I know he'll listen to this. I wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He, uh, when I was when I was really young, I mean, before before I really raced anything, you know, we we was at uh, our local racetracks. He was always there, and he did not teach me any good habits. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm sure you being around him, you know you know what kind of man he is he's a great guy man he he is uh sometimes he's up to no good he's loud and rowdy he's always having a great time and i and i talk in that east bay there and i gotta say this to give him a to give him the appreciation that so i said he said you need anything from the concession stand kyle i'm going down there and i said i said yeah bring me a budweiser and he came back from the concession stand, didn't get him anything, and he had two Budweisers in his hands and handed me both of them. So that's what kind of guy he is. Yeah, he, he, he'd give you his uh, shirt <laughs> off his back for anybody. But, you know, I always uh, – when I was a kid, man, he taught me um, – he was always riding around in his quad and would always bring me around with him. And, you know, he was uh, a single man, and he always would drive by, you know, some younger women at the racetrack. And he'd be like, hey, Adam. He's like, when you drive by here, ask them how they're doing. <laughs> and, uh, so so we we drive by and he's like hey i'm asking him like how you doing and he just gets he thought that was the best thing ever but like i said he's a great guy and um you know someone i'm I'm very proud to call my friend yeah no you doubt can't, you can't do that now <laughs> no no got you know i'm getting married here yeah. in october and uh you know so uh got got a busy life ahead yeah don't don't hop on the four-wheeler now and i'll be asking all the girls how they're doing <laughs> might get you in no. trouble Yep, no more. 
Yeah, might get you in trouble for sure. Yeah, that. Uh, so go back. Let's let's circle back to the modified stuff that you did there because I don't think we quite have touched on that yet. But you you ha- you built up a strong relationship with Nick Hoffman, and I've uh, you know I guess that's where I've met you was probably around Nick whenever you've come to Mooresville or whatever and building the cars and and whatnot. And and you you and him seem to have a pretty cool relationship and a good friendship. Not only not only within racing, your competitors on the racetrack, but it seems like you guys get along pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, this is the God's honest truth. If, to be honest with you, if if it wasn't for Nick, um, I probably wouldn't have half the stuff, you know, that I have, and I wouldn't have been able to do, you know, as win as many races as I have um, with his equipment. Um, Nick's probably one of the hardest people on me in my corner, and I think it's truly because he holds a high expectation for me, and that you know he wants to see me succeed. Um, you know, there's there's times where um, I'll be at the racetrack and, you know, we're not running so swell and I'll get a phone call, you know, and, um, it's the, it's to chew me out, you know? So, um, like I said, if, if it, if it wasn't for him, um, you know, I wouldn't know the things that I do now. And, um, again, like I said, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have the success that we've had. And, um, he, he's been a very great friend to me. You know, I talk to him every day and, um, he has really stuck his neck out for me and uh, I, I'm forever thankful. Oh, I just, yeah. I mean, it's always good. I, I'm just thinking, I mean, it's always good to have a, a guy like that in your corner. And I mean, he builds a hell of a modified and I mean, I, I can't think of anybody who hasn't gotten one of his cars and, and been successful. So, um, I mean, that's, that's great for you to, to have him in your corner and it's always good to have that guy to, you know, pumps you up by bringing you down a little bit, uh, you know, kind of, make you make you get up on the wheel and and don't ever get you know complacent in what you're doing right yeah like i said you know when i when i first started running this stuff and in 18 i went down there to build my first car and it was a race ready car when it left and you know i'd never seen the the type of technology that was on these cars you know i wasn't used to none of that kind of stuff you know we were still in the stages of scaling race cars and you know, every Friday night or every Thursday night, we'd, we'd scale before we go race or whatever. And, you know, that was kind of tossed out the window when I started running his stuff. And so, like I said, he just, he's taught me so much over the years and, um, you know, he, he's, he is really hard on me. Um, uh, he, he does not sugarcoat anything when he's talking to me and it's, but, you know, it's kind of one of the things where, you know, he, you can't sugarcoat it in this, in this type of sport. Uh, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have, uh, someone that's willing to tell you when you're doing wrong or, you know, that you should be better or, you know, I could easily run 10th and be like, ah, you know, that's all right. You know, it is what it is, but and instead it's always, you know, what are you doing? Or, you know, like, you know, what, what, what was the problem or, you know, what happened? You know, so he's always, he's always hard on me and wants to, wants to see me do good. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's one of the type of people that, um, you know, it's great to have behind you. Yeah, I don't think he sugarcoats anything. <laughs> he don't. Absolutely. I, I don't think racing or just life in general. He don't, he don't sugarcoat nothing. Not, Nick's a buddy of ours and he's, he's kind of doing what you're doing this year. Well, a little bit yeah. scale, but hopping into the, right. hopping into the late model deal. And, you know, all your success in a modified, I always had, I can't remember the guy told me, he said, the best late mall guys come from modifieds. Um, I right. guess, I, I guess his thinking is on that. You have to race on half the tire 
that these late models got. And usually you guys have to, how can I put this? Y'all have to make grip behind the steering wheel and like, like you keeping your car straight and everything every time I've seen you race. So that just, I mean, that just screams late model nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, you know, it's funny you say that because with the modified stuff, you do have to drive very straight. You know, you're on the right front. You know, you're just, you're driving very straight. You're, you, like you said, you have half the rubber. So, you know, when this late model deal come about, obviously you hear everybody talk about late model tires. You know, tires, there's such a tire game at one time and, um, you know, keeping the tires under you and longer races. Um, I think that modified helped me out a lot because, it, again, you know, you're driving so straight and, um, you don't want to burn the edges off tires. And when, you know, when I transitioned over to this super deal, I think it has helped me out in that, um, area as far as the tire goes, because again, you know, you're driving so straight and just making sure you're keeping all the rubber underneath you, you know, no wheel spin on that kind of stuff. And as you've heard Nick talk hundreds of times before, you know, you know, he's very good at momentum stuff and, you know, keeping his tires underneath him. So, uh, you know, that's helped me out a lot. Yeah, I think one of the neatest things I heard you say there is just talking about how <clears throat> how Nick Hoffman keeps up with uh, with what you do on the racetrack and, and with you being one of his customers. And, and I know he's busy, and he's got a lot of customers, and he's got his own racing to worry about and run. But to me, that's pretty cool that he's paying attention and giving you pointers on everything, and I just wanted to say that. I mean, you don't really have to make any more comment. I just wanted to – I think that's pretty cool yeah. that he that he's able to keep up with everything going on and – and that's uh, that. I think that makes him stand out a little bit. And and as far as modified racers, I mean, yeah, you've got like Jimmy Owens came from modifieds, and Mike Marler, and um, Kyle Strickler right now, and of course Nick and um, Gustin, and several of those guys, and they're, they're all right now winning races and looking good. So and and going to what Adam Logan here just said right beside me, we got two Adams on here. Yeah. It gets confusing, <laughs> but watching you run at Florence over the past few years, I've told myself, man, he'd make an excellent late model driver. So I'm, I'm really happy to see you have this opportunity, uh, to, to, to go out there and improve yourself. And I think you're going to do good. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like I said before, it's, it's, it's one of the type of deals where, um, it, it's really good for me, this whole deal, because, you know, Tater and them, like I said, building cars. And so they can't run, you know, we can't run a, 50 race year schedule, you know, 50 race year schedule. Um, you know, it's more like a 20 to 25 at most. And, you know, obviously I, you know, I work a full-time job and, you know, my modified program is still very important. to me. You know, this is something, um, like I said, me and my grandfather do, and he enjoys this light model a lot. I, I think it's to do with the history him and Peter have had, like I said before. And, um, you know, so my modified stuff's still very important to me, but like I said, you know, we'll run, 20, 25 races. So this whole thing is really perfect for me because it's not one of deals where we're going to race every weekend, you know, three, four nights a week, you know, with me having a full-time job, it's just not possible. I think that's, I mean, that's perfect for a young guy like you getting into, you know, a new, a new series, a new car or something like that. Just run your 20, 25 places, you know, get familiar with it and, and learn the do's and the don'ts, the, the don'ts, what you're not supposed to do. And then, like you said, you know, working with Tater, they've got so much experience and, you know, traveling up and down the road yeah. with, you know, guys like O'Neill and, and stuff like that, that, you know, form that relationship and, and figure out, you know, you know, what you need to change as far as driving and what you need to adjust on them. And then next year, Lucas Oil, 
late mo- you know world of outlaw rookie yeah. of the year that's right. i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. call it i'm gonna call it now well yeah <laughs> i'm just messing with you yeah well i don't know you know like i don't mean to interrupt you but like we was testing you know there on saturday and i you know me and tater got to talk to kind of off on our own and i i told him you know like it you know this may sound crazy to most but this is the way i look at it you know i told him you know, if Lance Landers called me tomorrow and said, hey, you know, I want you to drive the 49, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to say no. And I, like I said, I know this might sound crazy is because I don't have the experience that, you know, most of these guys have. I know I would get in this ride and what if I fail? You know what I mean? Then I no longer have a job. And then I'm, you know, then I look back or people's going to look back and be like, you know, this kid jumped in uh, arguably the best ride in, you know, in America and, and failed, you know. So, you know, th- like I said, this ride for me is very good because, you know, I'm learning and I believe that, that, uh, Tater and, you know, his guys are learning and we all work well together. You know, this is, it's fun for me. Uh, I have a blast, you know, driving for him. And I, and I, again, I think my grandpa enjoys it just as much as I do. Yeah, for sure. You're talking about, you were, you were mentioning there before that last question that Adam had, you said you had a full-time job. What, so just what kind of a full-time job is this that you've got? Yeah, so I work. Um, I work for a natural gas company. We do natural gas work for Duke Energy. Um, you know, we do uh, residential services to housing to houses. Uh, we'll do um, mainline pipe. You know, so we'll put in. You know, it could be up to. It could be miles and miles of pipe. You know, so we'll we'll put in um, gas mains and um, just anything as far as natural gas goes. I mean, we work on. Um, you know, just like last week, I was in Noblesville, Indiana, working at a um, at a power plant. Uh, you know, they had a natural gas leak there, and and some things happened, so we had to go there and work. Uh, I work 410, so luckily the 410 deal works out pretty well. Me racing on Fridays, or, you know, if I wanted to take off on a Thursday, I can I can do that. Um, and they, you know, they enjoy my racing and and pay attention to my racing, which is really good um, for me. You know, like I said, if, if you know, I can tell them on Monday, hey, I got to be off Thursday to go uh, to Eldora. You know, they're they're behind me 100. percent Obviously, they know this racing deal is something that I love and and would love to do full time. Um, you you know, or make it somewhere in the racing industry. So they stand behind me 100. percent Well, it yeah. sounds yeah, <laughs> sounds was... to me like you've got a really good job there, and this racing just needs yeah. to be on the back burner a little bit because you've got a hell of a good job. Sounds like. Yeah, I was, I was, gonna, yeah. I was gonna ask. I mean, the, you know, all the guys you work with. I mean, do they? I mean, you, you said it. I mean, they keep up with it and everything. Do, I mean, they, you know, mess up on Saturday night. They give you a hard time on Monday. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so, um, you know, I'm a crew leader. Uh, I got guys that work for me. Um, you know, so if I again, if I got to take off, I have great guys around my crew that um, can pick up exactly where. I left off the day before, um, you know, so I don't have to worry about that. But they, yeah, if I go in, you know, Monday, they always ask me to win. If you, I tell them no, they're like, oh, you suck. <laughs> you know, so. You for sure got to say know, some but, good uh, things about them because they're going to listen to this. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, I know for a fact <laughs> they will. But, um, you know, the, like I said, the people the people I work for, they're, they're great to me um, as far as, you know, the racing-wise uh, deal because, I've worked other places where, you know, obviously a job's first and racing is always, you know, second, you know, I have to pay bills, but, um, you know, this deal here, they they've stood behind me 110% and never questioned me. And, um, you know, as long as I get my stuff done, I, I've never had a problem going somewhere to race or, 
you know, again, you know, on Monday they always check in with me. How'd you do? Or, um, you know, they buy some of my apparel. I owe, I owe one of our, our uh, vice president a uh, hat, T-shirt, and a jacket because last year I sold out and um, I had his stuff set off to the side and I accidentally sold it. And uh, so I, I uh, yeah, I got chewed for that one. But, yeah, that, that uh, probably wasn't a good Monday morning. You're talking about wanting a day off. you got to at least take care of him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, uh, he told me we had a Christmas party, and he gave me a few choice of words. I'm going to say it on here, but he definitely gave me a, uh, a chewing. <laughs> yeah, we got to take care of boss man. Yeah. So yeah, the the uh, with Brownstown being one of your favorite tracks, I think we've touched on that. But the Indiana Icebreaker this weekend there at Brownstown, Brownstown, Indiana, and uh, and also Atomic has got the Lucas Oil race there on Friday night, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do. I'll be paying attention. Uh, obviously, I won't get to go to them races, but I will be watching it on TV and looking forward to seeing what you can do this weekend. Yeah, you know, Atomic is. Uh you know, a place I've had a lot of success at as well, as far as my modified. And, um, you know, we went there for that Renegades deal and it's unfortunate what happened there as far as the pay and, you know, whatnot. But, uh, I, I really, really enjoy Atomic. Um, just a place that kind of resembles, uh, Florence in a way, uh, it gets super slick. It's, it's momentum. Um, you know, it's, it's a place that's really fits my wheelhouse and, uh, you know, again, like I said, I had a lot of success there in the mod and won a, you know, a couple of big races there. And it's a place that I feel really comfortable at. Um, if I had to go anywhere in the country um, to race with, you know, the best in the country, I I would pick there 10 out of 10 times. You know, Brownstown is another place that I enjoy. It's just I don't have a lot of laps around there like I do Atomic. So I'm really looking forward to getting to Atomic, especially you know, to make my Lucas Oil debut and um we'll we'll see how it goes yeah another one of my friends is uh, right there he lives he lives near chillicothe ohio donnie ratcliffe i'm gonna send him down your way to get if you've got any merchandise he'll buy a t-shirt from you so i'm gonna shame him into it and like make him come support you yeah yeah so. you know like i said it's uh it's something we're looking forward to got some got some apparel stuff in the works but uh don't have nothing yet you gotta have some merchandise if you're gonna go late model racing. Come on, Adam. Yeah. Race Ranch takes care of that stuff, don't it, for you? So I've seen your. So you've always had good looking apparel. Yeah, uh, yeah. That um, I actually have uh, Charlie uh, from Varsity is doing all my stuff this year, and uh, that Brandon Hamber did some hats for me and uh, odd and stuff. But uh, that Varsity screen printing, they do a lot of my stuff. Gotcha. Well, ten four man, we'll uh, we'll let you thank your sponsors and we'll turn you loose tonight. This has really been a good podcast, and I I think a lot of people are, are going to enjoy hearing it. Oh, one more thing, so you've like I think I think we said this to begin with. Whenever I was kind of introducing you there, you said uh, you've told me a long time ago you enjoy listening to this show. I think one time you said you binge listened to like ten in a row or something. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, what was maybe one of your favorite episodes that we've had? Because I love hearing that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so, um, you know, when I think when you first had came out with all this was when I was going back and forth to, Nick, to Nick's and um, just kind of, you know, I always like listening like that Dale Jr. podcast with the old stories and uh, probably, my, you know, I know it's a little bit off topic, but my favorite one on that is like the, the Daryl Waltrip one uh, where they talk about all the cheating stories, oh, and, yeah. you know, stuff back in the day or whatever. But, uh, you know, I started listening to your podcast, you know, like I said, when I was going back and forth to Nick's and 
you know, then we just went to Florida and I will listen to it there and all the way back. But um, my favorite one's probably, and I know it might sound a little crazy, is the one with, with Cody Mallory. Um, <laughs> the, reason I, the reason I say that is because, and I know Cody has a bad background, but Cody is probably one of the smartest people uh, in the pits. You know, so just to hear him kind of talk and the way his outlook on things is is was kind of interesting to me. Um, you know, obviously, you know, when you know you had Nick on here is it was a good one. But uh, my probably my favorite is just the Cody Mallory one. Like I said, I know he doesn't have a great, great background. And um, but, uh, you know, he is nonetheless a very smart person. Yeah, cha- Things change quick with him. You know, whenever he was with us here, they had just come off of winning the Dirt Track World Championship. And I actually had him and Garrett Smith in in this little small studio we're working out of and and that that turned out that was a good episode. I enjoyed hearing him talk about Bloomquist putting the fish in the in the in the fountain and all that yeah. kind of crazy stuff and whatnot. But but Cody's done change jobs again. So now or actually I, I believe know. he's I don't know where he's at. He's he was with Rocket One there at Speed Weeks a little bit and now Garrett's got a new crew chief, but that's totally off topic, and we don't need to get into all that, I yeah. guess. But uh, anyway, I just appreciate you listening, and I dig hearing that kind of stuff. And, I, you know, just, just keep staying tuned, and we'll, we'll keep putting this stuff out. And, and the good thing is you can listen back to yourself when this one comes out. I, I was kind of yeah. upset you didn't, you didn't like my podcast. <laughs> I'm just messing yeah, with you. I'm I, just messing with you. Yeah. yeah, Adam's a very famous crew chief yeah. himself. No, I'm not. I'm I'm washed up. <laughs> so, I'm a washed is up. Like an eye racing crew chief. <laughs> well, Daryl Lanigan. He's yeah. you know Union Kentucky. Yeah, he's won yeah. a lot of World of Outlaw races and whatnot. And yeah. I and I think a good drinking game. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're not behind the wheels, if you <laughs> take a drink every time Adam tells <laughs> tells the tells the guest that he was Daryl Lanigan's crew chief. My dad, my dad always gets, he says, did it, did Adam say anything yeah. about Daryl Lanigan on this week's? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep but. that to a minimum now. Now your dad won't <laughs> get drunk. You out. Now your dad won't get drunk now. Yeah. He um. don't drink anyway. So <laughs> anyways, but man, this has been cool to have you on here before we let you go. Uh, just thank your sponsors and everybody that keeps you going. And, uh, and, uh, we'll, uh, see how you do this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to thank um, my grandfather, Joe uh, Stricker, and my grandmother, Bev. Uh, if it wasn't for them, um, none of this would be possible. You know, uh, they got me going, you know, this year, you know, obviously with the late mile stuff and years past, it's all, you know, they have led me up to this point. Um, they have backed me 110%. Um, you know, uh, Matt Basham, uh, stainless, stainless Craft, Matt and Amy Basham, um, Brad and Vicki Wick, my my uh, future father and mother-in-law, um, you know, they, they've helped me out a lot along the way. Uh, just everybody that has really a helping hand in, in everything that we do, uh, you know, like I said, Nick, and he's behind me 100%. And, um, I have great help goes with me to the racetrack. You know, my buddy Peanut, um, Anthony, and, and DJ that does all my tire work. Um, you know, uh, Weir's Machine Racing Products, Swift Springs, um, Craig Christian, I drove uh, the number 35 car last year a couple times when we had some motor trouble, and um, you know he kept me in a race car. And just just everybody that has a helping hand in our deal. Um, you know we're not a we're not a big big operation. It's it's still a family-owned ride. Um, just very fortunate enough to to have some great people that's helped us along the way and and led me up to this point. And you know as far as 
the late mile side. I, I can't thank Tater and Jerilyn Masters enough for actually sticking their neck out for me and um, giving me a shot. You know, they they didn't know me. Um, they you know they had seen my modified stuff and program. Uh, you know, Jim Beeman, um, the McCarter family, uh, just just everybody that has a helping hand on uh, that late mile. It's it's a blessing to drive. I'm sitting here, sitting here listening to you say all that, and Adam's watching this guy on uh, Facebook get, get a toupee designed on his head. No, but that's awesome. I, I, you got a lot of great people behind you, and I think you're going to have a um, big year in the modified again. And then I, I really, you're going to. This is going to sound bad, but I think you're going to surprise some people. I think you're going to get a win this year in the in the late model. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Uh, like I said, nonetheless, it's just a, it's just all around a cool deal for me. You know, going to Eldora, I've never never raced any crown jewels ever in my life. You know, so we're gonna go, you know, obviously the dream, and you know, again the the uh, back, you know, the background that my family has at Eldora is just something that's so special to me, and something that I really, really, really want uh, to to do good, and and um, hopefully we can turn some heads, but. At this point, like I said before, I don't think many people have high expectations, but I think we're capable enough to, to win some good shows. And, um, you know, I think, uh, like I said, when we get to Eldora, hopefully we get some get some momentum going through there and um, maybe we can do a pretty neat throwback wrap. Yeah, Adam, Adam's looking at that guy getting a toupee designed. I don't think you're going to need a toupee anytime soon, Adam. We appreciate you being on here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, it was a crazy video you were looking at. But Sorry. I just distractions but uh one more thing uh before we let you go do you think that you think that you'll be a safe pick on dirt draft this weekend in your lucas oil debut <laughs> uh probably not because i don't <laughs> think uh the, the, i mean i ain't saying i probably won't be on there but uh, i'd say the odds probably aren't going to be in my favor um you know but it might be kind of one of them deals where somebody throws a hail mary and comes out on top <laughs> but uh only thing you can do is hope for the best and um you know, I, I mean, I know it might sound crazy, but I, I mean, I feel pretty confident on, um, especially having a good run. Uh, I think as long as we can make a good qualifying effort and, you know, I can, I can stay level headed and, uh, just do my job. I think the car is plenty capable enough of, uh, you know, picking up a win. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Most <laughs> of the time on dirt draft, if you just make the feature, you're a good pick because yeah. you can pick some heavy hitters and they not make the field and then you're, you're, sol so to speak so anyway yeah. man uh it's been good we'll uh we'll do this again sometime and uh best of luck to you this this weekend and the rest of this year and uh, we'll wrap this up this has been another episode of the forward bike podcast for the week i'm your host kyle armstrong for adam logan we'll see you next week